0: Your digital library experience. Podcasts from AlgoaFM.co.za.
1: So we have Dr. Richard Shepard who was born in West London on the line. His career has as a forensic pathologist spans over 30 years and he's been involved nationally and internationally in the forensic investigation over 23,000 cases of deaths from unnatural causes. He's worked on the mass disasters of 9/11, the Hungerford shootings and the Bali bombings as well as the headline making investigations into the death of Princess Diana and the murder of Stephen Lawrence. His skills and expertise in demand around the world. And that's not all. He's appeared on Channel 5's Autopsy in the UK, investigating the mystery and intrigue behind the deaths of high profile celebrities such as Michael Jackson. And Dr. Shepard has also published two books. He's a very busy man, and I don't know how he finds the time to do it, so that's why we're chatting to him. Dr. Richard Shepard, <laughs> <Very tired. laughs> <laughs> it's an honor. Thank you for joining us. You have another project that you've been working on, and we will get into that shortly. But why? pathology
0: why it all goes back to one day at school isn't it funny how life your life can change literally in a second yep Uh, and very quickly a friend of mine his dad was a general practitioner and on his, book, his dad's bookshelf was a book about forensic pathology. And being a 13-year-old boy, I think he thought, hey, this would be great to take to school as a sort of a quiet show-and-tell for my friends. Look at all these awful photographs. Oh. And he brought it, he brought it, into, he brought it into school. Uh, and what do what little boys do? Uh, 13-year-old boys, at break time, we all went into a huddle. Uh, and he produced this book as a sort of a, a, a huge flourish. And most people went, oh, that's revolting. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and left to go off and play football. And I went, oh, wow. Mm. Oh, wow. This is amazing. This is just something I didn't know happened. Uh, and I borrowed the book off him uh, and took it home to read. I mean, read in a very broad sense. Look mm. at, I think, probably. So, but I was just completely blown away by the fact that Doctors, you see, I always thought that doctors were like our general practitioner. Mm. They were sort of caring, Mm. came in and looked after you and made you better. But suddenly I realised that doctors actually were helping the police solve crimes. And that was a complete opener. And that was it. That was my career set. I decided then and there that's what I wanted to do. And that's what has driven me to go through medical school and qualify as a pathologist. And I've had the most fantastically exciting career.
1: What an interesting start to to that career at school. Yeah, and it, I, I guess yeah. that's where it all starts. I mean, you find your passion. I, I've mentioned this a couple of times in in my interviews where I found my passion for broadcasting when I was seven years old, and yeah. because of a radio. And I was listening to the radio, and I would record myself speaking over most of my dad's cassettes, and that's that's what happened. <laughs> and today, I am living out that dream. So we all I, have to start somewhere
0: and aren 't we lucky i mean I, I I really do think that i'm lucky, and you're obviously lucky as well to have found something that has yeah. fascinated us, and you can continue to be fascinated by it wonderful
1: exactly, thank you very much now on that on that note with over thirty years' experience in your field of work, was there ever a moment because I can see you really passionate about it, was there ever a moment in your life where because of a case where you said i, I don't think I want to do this anymore
0: well th- yes, a few times mm. I mean there have been cases that are just so awful and shocking that even someone who spends their time dealing with it child murders mm. just are, are, are so difficult to cope with and i found that as i've gone through my career as i've been married and had kids and the kids have grown up you know often it links with the age of that my children are at that time so babies initially and then toddlers and then um teenagers uh, and just occasionally there is a case that just gets mm under the the carapace that really Mm. needles and you go, I'm not sure I can cope with this any longer. And then you remember that you're doing this for the person who's died Mm. and for their relatives and for society as well, just to to catch these people and to make sure they never, ever do it again. So that's one case just occasionally that rattles it. And then there are the cases where actually the defense uh, is really aggressive Mm. and personally nasty. Mm -hmm. uh and attacks me as an individual and my professional skills rather than the evidence um and the key to that i found was remembering that if they're attacking me Mm -hmm. it means they've got nothing to attack in the evidence and i could once i'd made that assessment i was able in a sense to step back and say okay i can take that i can take those hits because i know you've got nothing else you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's sticks and stones can break my My bones bones. words can never hurt me And once you've got to that, you can become stronger. But, yeah, there have been a few, actually. There have been a few where I've come home... And had a very large whiskey and soda.
1: Just to, and to, that's perfectly to fine. In. Yeah, just to settle oh, in good, a thank bit.
0: You, thank you so much. I'm very
1: grateful. <laughs> and I can only imagine what goes on in your mind when working on a case, sort of stepping into the shoes of the victim. Do you sometimes feel that you do that where you have to relive that traumatic experience? I'm, I'm, I'm sure every case is different. But what yeah, is your, yeah. your mindset like in that moment when you aren't working on a case and you have to step into the, that shoes? It, it,
0: doesn't, I, I, it doesn't happen very often. But mm. yes, sometimes you have to go and stand at the scene with the knowledge of the injuries that they have, with the knowledge of the weapons that maybe have found or the weapons you think are involved, and then begin to put it together to walk around the scene well you know there's the start of the blood staining here and then there's some some spray up the wall there and then there's a bullet hole Mm. in that door or there's you know and you it's important to to understand what has gone on and how would how would someone react would they fight back would they become passive what has gone on Uh, and understanding that is as important as Mm -hmm. the simple well simple pathology conclusion that we might reach that they had a gunshot wound mm. and that's what's killed them and quite often the police say to me oh doc this is easy because you know I, we phoned you up and told you they've been shot <laughs> and you come along and spent a long time yeah. and you've told us they've been shot we're not mm. much further forward yes but you are mm-hmm. because now i understand what was going on and how it was happening <laughs>
1: It's, I can only imagine what goes on in your mind. And I, I'm i excited to talk about your your latest project because it's titled The Truth About My Murder. And it's on season two at the moment, a CBS original production on CBS Justice as well in South Africa, DSTV 170 and Starstat 222. I love what they say is when a murder is committed, it's always a race against time to uncover the truth and find the real killer. But what happens when the truth vanishes with the death of a victim? And it's a very good Mm. question, because as a pathologist, how does it work in that case when when the killer tries to rewrite the story?
0: Well, sometimes they're very good at it. Mm. Uh, And I have no doubt at all that sometimes they get away with it. Um, you know, it's, uh, we, we, we can't pretend that we catch everyone who commits a murder. You know, Mm. some, sometimes they, they do get away with it, but sometimes when there is a real niggle, when often, when there's a family who are saying, no, that's not right. When there's a police officer who says, this is an itch I cannot scratch. These are the people that are really exciting. And then I get involved and you go, yeah, you know, you're right this is this is not straightforward this is more complicated mm-hmm. this doesn't add up and and it's quite interesting to begin to get that picture together looking at what people have said and the forensic science and that's so important nowadays dna evidence and things mm-hmm. of that sort but also the pathology because not everyone who performs these examinations, and I don't mean to boast, has my skill set. Lots of post-mortem examinations are performed by people perfectly reasonably, perfectly acceptably. But there's, this is a case beyond their skills. And if mm. it hasn't been flagged up, they miss the crucial findings. And we go back and we find them. And then we can begin to this story together to say, say what has really happened. And that's, that's really exciting when you begin to put those pieces of the jigsaw together, mm. and a picture appears. It's wonderful.
1: And is that what we can expect with this latest season?
0: Oh, absolutely. We have got 10 fantastic stories that I I would have to say none of them are my cases (laughs) taken around the world that have been put together by the company. And they are really interesting cases that have been missed and people have tried to confuse matters. And putting those stories together has produced 10 fantastic television episodes.
1: Okay. Is there one case that I I know it's such a weird question to ask, but is (laughs) is there one case that you're really excited to show us? I don't um, have to give too much away.
0: Th- no, actually, <laughs> I, I really and truly—they are all so different. Mm. Um, there's there's m- rather more dismemberment than maybe one, <laughs> one might expect, <laughs> but th- that's what people do when you're trying to hide a murder. You try and hide the body, and the best way to hide the body is to cut it up and put it in different places. So there's a few more of those, but each one is so different. I mean, we've got cases who've been people who've been poisoned by nicotine. We've got reverent gentlemen who've murdered their wives and have probably murdered other people as well. We've got people uh, doing the most terrible things to people they would describe as friends, best friends, friends who've lent them money, friends who've been really helpful. And then suddenly they turn on them and kill them uh, and then manage to hide the events sufficiently for it to be a slightly longer process in the understanding of what's gone on.
1: It is just crazy. You have to <laughs> now you have to start, you know, double checking and making sure, you know, is this the person I can really trust in my circle? Well,
0: <laughs> I, I don't want to leave anyone. It's a bit like, um, uh, do you remember Quincy on the tele, on the television thousands of years ago? Wonderful forensic pathologist series. But, I mean, he always used to say, you know, this doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough. That's the thing. This is what we've got to do. These these people, these people are awful. These people must be caught because mm-hmm. if they get away with it once, are they going to get away with it again?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this is very exciting. Any other future projects that, that you might be working on? Maybe something similar, but this is well, going to be quite I, exciting.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can do some more TV next mm. year. Uh, that, that's, that's always the hope, finding these cases. There's the possibility of a, a third book coming. Uh, and uh, I'm actually still working hard on all sorts of cases, uh, both in the UK and around the world, of um, all sorts of things that I can't tell you about. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's fine. My life is full uh, at the moment, which is wonderful.
1: And I can see the passion in your eyes and just the way that you, you talk about living your life and, of course, doing what you love. Just quickly back yeah. on, on The Truth About My Murder, Season 2. It's on CBS Regional Production and CBS Justice. DSTV 170 Starstat 222 in South Africa. You can go and take a li- listen to that and watch that. But what the production side of things for you having to you know get involved in in filming was that quite tiring for you as well just to step into a different it, space
0: well it's love it's it's re- i really like doing different things mm. um, i mean i've done i've done two tours around the united kingdom for a month each doing you know different theater each night talking about my job talking about my life that's different that's Mm. really exciting and and working with a a television production company you know is is not the same as working with barristers in prosecuting or defending a case because everyone's looking for something different but they're great people and these are Mm. brilliant brilliant 10 one-hour episodes a different case every week and they are all on-the-edge-of-your-chair excitement.
1: Well, we are looking forward to watch that and to, well, experience what you experience when when touching these cases and hopefully solving the crime.
0: Well, hopefully. Yes. And-
1: <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Shepherd. I appreciate your time. It has been wonderful chatting to you. I, I would like to chat to you again, so we need to set up a date next time.
0: I'll I'll come down to South Africa next time because it'll be it must be warmer than it is here.
1: It is so boiling hot today, Doc. It's just too much.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Africa. Okay, well, <laughs> but it, well, listen. Thank you so much. I mean, the, the, these interviews are always easy when people ask you good questions. So you, you, you. your practice from a seven-year-old was has really stood you in good things. So <laughs> thank you thank very you much.
1: Keep time. well. Have Take, a wonderful weekend.
0: And you too. Take
1: care. Thank
0: you. Bye. Bye. Your digital library experience. Podcasts from AlgoaFM.co.za.